It's Monday. It's March 30th. And the word of the day is gouging, which means to overcharge or to swindle. Used in a sentence, in response to everyone becoming an idiot prepper a few weeks ago, retailers started price gouging, like fucking pharma bro with AIDS medication on all the items that were being hoarded. Used in another sentence, this is really easy to check on, and for every dollar of price gouging, we need two dollars of tax gouging to punish these assholes. Hell yeah. yeah Congress, go. And remember what you learned from Skyrim, everybody. If a shopkeeper's being a jerk about pricing, sometimes you just gotta kill him. <laughs> Karen's done talking, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, we'll keep up with the Kardashians. We'll find out that apparently being old is suddenly cool if you're a Turkish sword. <laughs> and we learn about Sarah Huckabee Sanders using the family cob instead of the family cloth. Oh, I got done without that. But first, you're welcome. The rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight, our fellow Skeptocrats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Gentlemen, you ready to be non-essential? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Turns out we were the only ones who knew how to do our fucking jobs this whole time. Welcome to the era of the podcast, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, look, we're in a time when I don't need an excuse to avoid family gatherings and nobody wants a hug. I'll be whatever I gotta be. <laughs> Sounds good. In our lead story tonight, I'm pretty sure Americans just bought the most expensive thing that wasn't a war in all of history. I yeah. sure hope it works. <laughs> That's right. Over the weekend, Trump signed a bill that committed $2 trillion with a TR dollars to a relief effort meant to blunt the economic impact of the ongoing Democratic hoax. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's literally nobody who thinks it will be sufficient. We'll see. That $1,200 bottle of hand sanitizer is an investment in my future, <laughs> Noah. I'm feeling pretty good about it. You guys are crazy. I've been up night after night, unable to sleep with worry about whether the CEOs of airlines will be okay. And now, <laughs> now I can finally rest. It'll feel good. It'll feel good. So, all right. So let's break down a few things in the bill. Uh, first and foremost, uh, the one that will most directly affect the average listener is a big chunk of money. Or, sorry, a medium-sized chunk of money if you're out of work, I guess. I, the, the bill includes a one-time <laughs> payment of 1200 bucks per person, uh, though there are a bunch of restrictions that might affect the amount for higher income earners. Uh, Treasury Secretary Steve, please call me Steven Mnuchin, says yeah. Americans should expect their Stevie. check within three weeks. IRS officials that aren't trying to please the whims of an autocratic semi-sapient pumpkin say that he's fucking nuts to think they can even do that though so while i'm sure some people will have money in hand in three weeks i seriously doubt that timetable well yeah especially since donald trump wants his literal signature on every check <laughs> is that a real thing Hopefully yeah he's a fast signer <laughs> oh god how many and americans are there <laughs> a lot and to be honest I have serious doubts about this whole concept, right? Like, don't get me wrong. I like $1,200. I'm a big fan of $1,200, but I'm not out of work. It, like, it doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense for the government to send me money at a time when all the stores are closed and I can't go on vacation or anything in an effort to stimulate the economy. Get that I, hand like, sanitizer. I, I feel like, yeah, <laughs> just give my share to somebody who lost their job. That makes more fucking sense. I mean, I, I guess, you know, I, I'm sure I'll see a big drop in my paycheck, you know, some point really soon. But that's not the same as somebody who's been entirely cut off from their income. I, I'd much rather see that same money focused on people who were laid off or furloughed or fired because of this shit. 
Yeah, lots of poor people who didn't file taxes recently won't be able to get a check. Yeah. So just make sure you go find Mitt Romney's dad and ask for a loan or whatever. <laughs> oh, I see. But when I tell our listeners to find the family of a senator, Andrew gets all squeaky and sweaty. I hate being the new guy. <laughs> I hate it. He was already so doing that. Squeaky. Um, now, to be clear, there's more help in this bill for unemployed people than just this one-time payment. The bill also has an extra 600 bucks a week for unemployment benefits for up to four months. Um, and this passed despite Lindsey Graham's poor sign objection that it would encourage people not to find jobs after the pandemic cleared up. Fucking awful. Yeah, that's right. At a time when unemployment claims have spiked by millions Lindsey Graham was worried about welfare queens eating lobsters and steak. Yeah, man, if the pandemic clears up, we still got COVID-20 ready to go. Fucking think it through, Lindsey Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine how bad a person you have to be to for your worry right now to be the unemployed having too much money. Yes. Pure right. evil. Pure oh. evil. But, okay, so the single biggest line item in the stimulus package, though, is that controversial $500 billion slush fund that the Treasury Department gets to divvy up among American industries. Uh, this was the big thorn in the side of Democrats because it was originally constructed in a way that had neither transparency nor oversight. That seems just, problematic. Yeah, just a half a trillion dollars that Trump and his hedge fund manager buddy got to put wherever they wanted. Uh, but don't worry, uh, thanks to concessions to Democratic lawmakers, there will be oversight because we all know how well congressional oversight deters the Trump administration <laughs> from taking unethical actions. Yeah, and honestly, it's weird that there was any argument about this bill, considering Democrats and Republicans are all the same. What, like, what would they oh have been arguing about? Yeah, right. Like, honestly, like, look at what both sides were fighting for at this in this fucking bill and tell me again how they were all the same. Jesus. You can't parse that out, idiots. You're lying. Oh. You're a liar. Oh, OK. Another item of note, though, uh, is one hundred billion dollars in grants to healthcare providers who have had to give up you know, more profitable tasks like not wading through contagious masses of plague victims with insufficient personal protective equipment. Um, basically, all the stuff they used to do. Other than that, right? <sighs> um, and, and I know that when we're uh, talking about amounts in that order of magnitude, it's hard to get your head around whether that's a lot or a little given the scale of the problem. So for context, that matches the number that the big lobbying groups for physicians, hospitals and nurses were asking for. Yeah. And meanwhile, Trump thinks New York hospitals are lying about how many ventilators they need. Yep. Like, Bellevue is going to be laughing when this is all over, like, ha, 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 check out our big pile of, well, you know, bodies, but free ventilators also. <laughs> yeah, right. Nailed it. Now we wait. <sighs> right. And it's worth pointing out, like, as heroic as the doctors and nurses and medical workers who are dealing with this situation are, this stimulus is because hospital administrators have been lowballing their budget and underbuying supplies for years. A and, lot of it, yeah. And now we're giving those administrators money to fix their mistake. Like, I'm well, glad we're doing it. We should, Bet yeah. Betsy the nurse is a hero who I want to have three, maybe even four masks a month. But <laughs> Steve, the hospital administrator, actively put us here. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> to some extent, yeah. Right? Like, Come on, guys. It's not really capitalism anymore once they know we're going to bail them out. Exactly. Right? <laughs> you know? All right. So I, I should point out, too, that this is almost certainly not the only stimulus bill that we're going to get 
uh, in regards to this crisis. Even as this was passing, lawmakers were admitting it wouldn't be sufficient to prop up state and local governments that you know just had the vast majority of their revenues choked off. And, and that's just one example of many where stuff in this multi-trillion dollar package is clearly short of what we need. Um, and, and I'm willing to bet that in those future negotiations for those future stimuli, we already gave you money is going to be directed to unemployed people way more often than airline executives. <laughs> Guaranteed. Yep, Just a yeah. guess. And in sort of cool news tonight, PhD student Victoria Dal Almeria. Nope. nope. Almalinia. Nope. Armalinia. Whatever. An Italian lady. Some yeah. Italian lady paused during her guided tour of the St. Lazarus Monastery in the Venetian Lagoon to notice that one of their supposedly medieval swords, much like no illusions, was way, way older than it looked. So two years and a bunch of science later, it turns out the monastery was only off by a couple thousand years, which, to be fair is way better than religion usually does on date stuff. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, when it comes to planets, they're off by six orders of magnitude. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where and when is the sword from? Well, it appears to be about 5,000 years old. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. And according to CNN, quote, the chemical composition of the sword matches that of other specimens found in the royal palace of Arsland Tepe. Arsland Tepe. An Arclea... An Arclea... An archaeological Archaeological. Site. Archaeological. <laughs> in eastern Anatevka. Uh, Anatolia. And the sword found in That's the two cats. close to the letters. Uh, Tokat. Museum wow. in Turkey originated in the Civis region. Region? Regina. Wow. End quote. Wow. <laughs> so it's an older sword than they thought. I do not have any follow-up questions. Are we done? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. I'll I'll cool it up for you, dude. This sword was made with arsenical bronze. Okay, I, I know that doesn't mean that when you cut with somebody with it, they could get like with arsenic, arsenic poisoning. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But 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 I, like I figured, the only thing more hardcore than a five thousand year old sword is a. 5,000-year-old sword of poison. poison so, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I thought I'd point that, I'd at least point that out. <laughs> so, uh, for those wondering, how did a 5,000... 5, I didn't 000... have any follow-up questions. No, you did. <laughs> you did. I did, Eli. Thank you. I did. No wants to know how a 5,000-year-old sword from wherever the fuck I just said ended up in a Venetian monastery. Well, if you guessed religion stole it, I do. You must listen to our other shows. <laughs> I do. Yeah. So according to the monastery, they received the sword as a gift from an archaeologist and collector who trained there. Except, at least it appears, he wasn't an archaeologist at all. Or even an art collector. He was just involved in public works around the area of the sword's origin and just fucking sent ancient historical artifacts back to this monastery as a gift where they were, surprise, surprise, miscatalogued by the cult of virgins who live in that island. <laughs> Great. Okay, any news about Bachelor Nation? Any oh, wait for it. <laughs> news wait about for that, it, Heath. Wait for it. The good news, as I said, is the artifact is back in the hands of actual scientists and historians who will learn a ton from it, I'm sure. Sadly, they will probably not master the eye contact needed to tell the rest of us what it is. No, no, but they can tell your shoes and your shoes can tell you. Exactly. Right, so. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Important story. Next up in headlines, <laughs> in neo-consequentialist news, imagine a trolley. That's good. 
That's speeding good. along with a million people tied to the track in front of it. And now imagine Donald Trump standing next to a switch that could send the trolley onto a different track that might have a bunch of people tied to it somewhere off in the distance that we can't see. And now imagine Trump holding a press conference and announcing that the trolley industry needs to open back up as soon as possible because <laughs> there's not enough fun riddles anymore thanks to the coronavirus. All right, great. You're imagining the real, real reality of the United States right now. Yeah. Yep. Also, very important. How nice were the people tied to the tracks to Donald yeah. Trump specifically? <laughs> right. No, he's presented with a trolley problem, and he's like, "I don't understand the question. Why would I have tied them to the tracks if I was going to pull a switch? It doesn't make <laughs> any sense." So, yeah. There's a meme going around that says we're in the trolley problem, and the president wants to save the trolley, and that's pretty clever. It's funny stuff. Yeah. But here's the thing: we do need to consider which potential versions of this tragedy are better and worse. Uh, just using hypothetical numbers here, let's say the economic meltdown from a long lockdown would lead to a billion deaths and a short lockdown would lead to a million. Well, then we need to consider that. that those aren't the real numbers, but we would need to consider that hypothetically. It feels gross to put dollar values on human lives, but economists and lawmakers do that all the time in public policy. We just don't talk about it a lot because it sounds super duper evil, but we don't really have that luxury right now. Here it I mean, is. Well, I mean, the three of us do. Uh, you know, not not <laughs> so much now since this is your story, but like at least theoretically. It's, <laughs> you could have talked <laughs> about the Bachelor Nation, Heath, or RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race. There's a ton of tea any to old be swords? Any old swords or anything? Yeah, maybe an old God. mace. Uh, the cherry drama. Get into <laughs> that. Yeah, no, we no, have fuck to it. talk it's about the, it. Is the skeptic right? No, we absolutely we should talk about it. Yeah, it, it needs to be talked about. It's sad, but it's true. So here's the morbid number. Snatch game. We currently put the value of a single life at something like $10 million in public Fuck policy. Fuck off. There's like three people that are worth that. <laughs> well, Life-wise. Just, just for example, if the EPA can save 10 lives by cleaning up a toxic waste site, the project needs to cost less than $100 million, 10 times $10 million. But okay. here's the good news. According to recent estimates, continuing our shutdown for a few months because of the coronavirus could save about 500,000 lives while costing the economy an additional $900 billion. So that's about $1.8 million per life, which is a good deal according to the number we've established. So we should be willing to deepen the recession right now to save lives. That's a good deal. So yeah. hopefully we're going to do that. Except the people making those decisions think that they're going to like have to write a check for that $1.8 million, and they agree that's way too much. So they're like, 25 k and not a nickel more. Yep. No? Yeah, right. You're, just, you're right. sliding paper across the table to dead people. That's nothing. <laughs> stop stop sliding that baby across the table to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, it's dark times. So here's the actual version of the dilemma. We're currently facing the possibility of seeing millions of coronavirus-related deaths, potentially multiple millions depending on how we handle it right now. And we're also facing a major economic downturn, which does also lead to death. But Trump can't just like announce that the pandemic is over and make restaurants full again, like he's yeah. Michael Scott declaring bankruptcy. And even if he could, when millions more people start dying because we stop staying home, that could easily make the recession get even worse. So that second track in the trolley analogy could easily have 
10 million people that we can't see yet. Right. Yeah, and look, I mean, I'm in a state that literally has taken no action but to close bars and ban gatherings of more than 10 people. That's not the worst state, by the way. South Dakota hasn't done a goddamn thing at all. Nothing. Is, um, and but but like the point being that like it ain't like the Applebee's over here's humming, right? <laughs> yeah. And just in case we need another reason to continue preventing the spread of a pandemic. All right, I'm uh, listening. I'm uh, listening. Other than listening to medical experts and listening to economics experts, we need other reasons. The mm-hmm. uncertainty of Trump's idea is a problem in itself. With a lockdown, all these businesses close the doors and stop spending money. It's just like a simple decision. It's not even a decision. But if we're doing some kind of in-between thing where they're allowed to be open, but most people still aren't going out, owners have to gamble on how much to spend on trying to maybe be open. And they might lose more than they would just staying closed. Right. Plus, there's the small matter of... uh, a uh, certain death right now, that thing, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, even according to heartless economists of death, Trump's plan for Easter reopening is fucking terrible. <laughs> if you're going to do murder math, you have to get the math right. Otherwise, it's just th- the murder part. Yeah. <laughs> Fight a nickel for every time Heath has given me this lecture. <laughs> so here's the takeaway, I guess. When Trump talks about sacrificing lives right now to help the economy and then theoretically save lives down the line, he's definitely stupid and wrong, but not for bringing up the question. He's stupid and wrong because the answer to the question is, don't even fucking think about ending the lockdown on Easter. We're economists and we did the math. You're a lunatic. What are you talking about? Right. Right. And then the tyranny of pants news tonight. I'm going to bring it back to Eli's level. Millions Thank of you. Americans Thank are discovering you. the joy of not having to wear pants to work this month. And I, for one, <laughs> would like to welcome them to the fold. Are you guys wearing pants right now, by the way? Do hey. penguin pants count? Yes, penguin pants count. Then yes. Still I, those uh, again. Plead the fifth. <laughs> um, that's right. With more and more people moving out of the office and working from home, executives at Walmart have noticed an interesting trend. There's been a marked increase in the sales of tops without a corresponding increase (laughs) in a sale on bottom. That's actually pretty funny. (laughs) Um, All that being said, residents of New York City should not take this as an opportunity to eat more ass. That's official, by the way. According to this is real, real, (laughs) real thing that happened. According to the pandemic guidelines released last week by the NYC Department of Health, rim jobs are spreading the coronavirus. Oh, really? (laughs) Apparently, they've been tracking this somehow. That counts as touching your face, people. (laughs) And and it's actually a problem. So even with all the hours of working with no pants, no rim jobs, (laughs) no going ass to mouth. They didn't say that second part, but I feel like that's, you know, implied. Hey, uh, Dave, uh, here at the Department of Health in New York City, did you finish that report on why we, one of the largest cities in the world, was so vastly underprepared for this and thousands Mm, and thousands of people are going to die as a result? No? No. Uh, Oak, what what were you working on? Uh, I was doing, it was um, uh, something about, it's about buttholes. Okay. I feel like uh, people need to stop tonguing each other's buttholes is the... Awesome. Great job. You are doing a great job. (laughs) You are worth our tax dollars. Interesting week. Um, All right. So uh, according to Walmart spokespeople, uh, this is because people working from home who have to teleconference are, quote, 
stunning business attire on top and casual clothing from the waist down, end quote, because apparently <laughs> Walmart spokespeople are unwilling or unable to come to terms with the fact that we're actually freeballing it. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, look, I guess I don't technically bunny slippers do count as casual clothing from the waist down. Thank so you. it's not like I've, I've always said that, that statement is a lie, but it certainly <laughs> obscures the truth. All right. Working from home. Cool. This is it's weird, but, you know, I get to work from home. Just going to pop over to Walmart.com and get a nice tuxedo T-shirt so I look professional. <laughs> Who are these people? And Buying course, half suits at Walmart? And, of course, I'll need five webcams so Heath and Eli have to look like porn you downloaded in 1997 <laughs> on their live streams. <laughs> that will cover it. It's like the first camera phone, guys. Um, so, look. I think we all know that we're in the middle of a major transitionary phase in world culture. And when things are all returned to normal, who the hell even knows what the new normal will be? I'm sure that many things will change for the worse, but some things are going to change for the better as well. And hopefully, now that we've kind of admitted that none of us were really into the pants thing to begin with, among those improvements will be a willingness to get serious about casual Friday. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> those are my balls, Karen. They're my balls. <laughs> Don't now let now let me to the water cooler. It's good that we have old webcams. <laughs> and in KUTWK Nation news tonight. What? An overlooked news item that many dismissed as mere rumors and speculation has exploded into a national tragedy this week, affecting the lives of millions and perhaps transforming the very shape of our nation forever. I am, of course, talking about the Kim and Courtney fight. God on the season it. 18 Damn premiere you. of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, what the fuck is which came are you, out Are you taking week? walks, buddy? Are you breathing that outside air once in a while, open a window? I'm sure not, Noah. I am sure not. Uh, now, as my fellow uh, diehard- abacus or something, man. Weren't you learning the abacus? <laughs> I was. How's that I going? I stopped learning yeah. that. Like all mm -hmm. things I learned, it got hard, so I quit. <laughs> As my fellow diehard cuties are well aware, Kim and Courtney's Don't relationship has been through its ups and downs. The robbery, the delivery room, Kim's separation from her kids, which, of course, was technically part of Kim and Courtney Take New York, but had a startling impact on all cuties everywhere. But this week, it came to actual blows. Okay, isn't there some, like, impactful news about a redneck with a tiger on Netflix or something? Can't we do a serious story? I am willing to switch. I am willing to switch my story to give my many, many thoughts on Tiger King right now. I am no, open to that no, negotiation. no, no. We need Andrew on for that one because the ending is just bizarre. Yeah. Okay. Next skeptocrat. Next skeptocrat. Start assigning stories. So um. here's the story. According to CNN, this is CNN. This is news. Don't do it. I got it quote. from them. Quote. Don't do it. God damn it. It all started when Kim and Courtney. And Kendall Jenner were discussing Kylie Jenner being too sick to fly to Paris for a fashion show. Oh, wow. just kill me now. Kim said, regardless of how sick she's ever been, she will always go to a work commitment. Quote, if I were on my deathbed, I would still show up. End quote. Kim said, mom is so used to me and Chloe whenever, if we're sick. Courtney, you don't care about stuff. Cool. End so uh, small and medium-sized businesses that didn't lay off their employees are actually eligible for direct payroll reimbursement under the new bailout package. Huh. It's actually a really good aspect of the bill. Keith, I am talking! Yeah, no, that's interesting. It's being overlooked. I am talking! <laughs> it continues. Do you have some more quote? <laughs> quote, that's when things went next level. 
You act like I don't do shit. You have this narrative in your mind. No, no, no. I will literally fuck you up if you mention it again. That's what Courtney said. And that is when Courtney began to physically hit Kim. And it only escalated from there. Now, the good news is the pair have obviously had a reconciliation since then, as Kim has posted a picture of the two of them last week on Instagram with the caption, you are the barbecue to my honey mustard. (laughs) What? I'm... Wait, I'm pretty sure barbecue and honey mustard are mortal enemies. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. Obviously, this story is first and foremost on our plate. We will keep everyone in the loop as soon as we know more. Team honey mustard. Team honey mustard? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Team, team, team honey mustard. Barbecue. Yeah, yeah, barbecue for sure. What? What? Unle- yeah, barbecue. You. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> team, <laughs> team French mustard. And vegan nuggets. I hope you die. And (laughs) finally tonight, we have some news about the coronavirus. And one of the most important pieces of news is that a bunch of the news is false and stupid. Especially if you get your news from Facebook or from the president of the United States, (laughs) which is way too many people. Uh, Terrifying that Facebook is the better of those two options, though, right? Decidedly better. Oh, wow. That's that's accurate. So we're going to do a quick review of some false rumors and bad ideas relating to the coronavirus that you might have heard. And I'll start with a simple one. It was a bad idea to not vote for Hillary Clinton. If you can't imagine the difference right now, if Hillary was in charge of this whole thing, this whole time was Hillary instead of Trump. And you can't imagine the difference between, I don't know, Neil Gorsuch versus Merrick Garland or difference between Brett Kavanaugh versus consensual you're a liar yes you can (laughs) enormous difference yeah i I mean i know i said this past saturday on the live stream but i know a lot of new yorkers who thought their third party vote didn't matter who are now learning the very very hard way that it turns out it did or non-voters especially yeah 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 and by the way if your first thought on that was but new york did go for clinton congratulations on living in that district without a congressperson or a local government yeah right job on that god all right Rumor number one about the coronavirus you might have heard. Bill Gates created and released the coronavirus in order to profit. Bill Gates was short on cash. So so he donated millions of dollars to immunology research. But that was actually for the development of a bioweapon. And then he tipped off the CDC so they could develop a vaccine ahead of time. And now they can sit on it for a while and not sell it because... There's not enough demand for a coronavirus vaccine yet. And they put Donald Sutherland and Morgan Freeman in charge of it. But eventually Morgan Freeman gets convinced by Dustin Hoffman to let everybody have the vaccine. And then Bill Gates ends up with some money in his pocket. Yeah, turns out that was not an accurate piece of news from the journalists at QAnon. (laughs) As he showed us in his last story, you can be evil and kill people without being nearly as active as making a virus, people. You just gotta... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And Martin Shkreli has shown us that you don't need a new disease. You don't have to make up something that doesn't already exist. They have diseases. No, we already created stuff like that earlier by Bill Gates given to the CDN a long time ago. We did this in the 80s. Uh, Rumor (laughs) number two. Author Dean Kuntz <laughs> knew about the novel coronavirus in 1981 and included a hint about it in his novel, The Eyes of Darkness, in which there's a global pandemic caused by a virus called Wuhan 400. 
Um, first of all, the original edition of the book didn't call it Wuhan 400. Nope, so it was Corky 400. So, yeah, Kuntz didn't know about it until 1982. Stupid. Check your facts. <laughs> also, the U.S. government doesn't generally tell authors about their bioweapons ahead of time. And if they do, I'm assuming they usually choose someone much better than Dean Kuntz. <laughs> right, just, and just what a guess. dick Dean Kuntz is if he has this information and that's what he does with that. Ooh, that would make a good background thing in my book. This is so fucking... <laughs> yeah, we also found a guy named Danny that didn't die on a camping trip, so the book was pretty spot on. That's also <laughs> equally indicative of fucking foreknowledge. I just love the idea of like a volcano lair somewhere where someone's like, all right, we're almost ready to deploy our evil plan in 30 years, but we need to foreshadow it in the worst possible literature. Get me John Grisham. Oh, he's busy? All right, he's get busy. me Dean Coons. <laughs> you want Coons? I, I, yeah. Honestly, the funniest part two? of that to me is that you went with 30 years. Um. <laughs> All right, and just a few more quick ones. For example, the government will not be herding the entire U.S. population into FEMA jails at gunpoint. Well, um, not as it relates to coronavirus. Anyway. Uh, we, we won't be doing that to white people. Um, <laughs> there is something called the Stafford Act. That's real. And it allows the federal government to send emergency relief. But it does not allow anything from an Alex Jones movie. That, that might actually be part of the wording at this point on the Stafford Act. <laughs> Again, people, way too active. Our government is, let's not give $1,200 to undocumented people evil, not do stuff evil. Relax. <laughs> it's more of a withholding thing. We kind of enjoy that. Also, uh, you can't cure coronavirus with liquid silver, regardless of how little silver there is in the liquid. <laughs> you can't cure it with essential nor superfluous oils, and <laughs> you can't cure it with Miracle Mineral Solution, or MMS. In case anyone's not familiar with that one, it's a bleach-based industrial cleaner that's sometimes used by parents to remove autism from their children, sometimes via their buttholes. Yeah. Despite Leave. the intuitive connection from that to curing the novel coronavirus, we do not have any evidence that it works. Okay, don't but do that. To be fair, fun fact, we don't know how to kill it at all. In any way, at all. Or if it's on ungr- what I'm saying is everyone's great at their jobs. All the way up and down, everyone's crushing it. Everyone's doing okay. great. All right, all right. But but to, but to be clear though, as soon as this lockdown is over, we're going to open up superfluous oil shops right across from all the essential ones. Damn right okay. we are. It's our new business model afterwards. Mass Just big sprinklers out front. Wee! Superfluous oil! So much extra! You're stupid. <laughs> yeah, so just in general, let's all assume that none of the solutions for coronavirus are ass-based. That's probably just a good rule of thumb. Speaking of which... Former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee has an ass-based solution for people during this coronavirus crisis. So close. So close. He tweeted the following last week. This is 100% real. Quote, those of us from the rural south know how to handle toilet paper shortage. Eat more corn on the cob. What? The corn isn't important. Really? But the cobs are free and work great. Just don't flush them. You're welcome. End quote. Because our brains weren't filled with enough horrific imagery. Now you get to picture Mike Huckabee wiping his ass with a corn cob, everybody. There okay, you go. All right. <laughs> we fixed here's, it. Okay, I did the ass math on this one. Okay? 
Near as I can figure it, toilet paper costs about two-tenths of a cent per sheet if you get the good stuff. Corn on the cob is something like three for a dollar. How much goddamn <laughs> shit paper is the Huckabee household using to where this is a good idea? <laughs> In fairness, uh, a sheet of toilet paper is more like a Bitcoin now. I'm not sure what Bitcoin's are, <laughs> but it's changed. But uh, it's pretty disturbing, whatever the fuck they were doing in the Huckabee household. But, but, yeah. but, uh, but again, but unless the price has gone up 166 times because of the price gougers, <laughs> this is still more expensive. so uh yeah also i read partway through that tweet and it honestly seemed like for a second he was saying if you eat enough corn your shit will be entirely corn so you won't need toilet paper (laughs) but it's actually worse than that because now we all know that sarah huckabee sanders as a child would yell from the bathroom, "Give me more corn cobs! I need. I can't move right now. I need more cobs. <laughs> I can't get up. I can't get but up. Get me cobs." If you have to eat a whole corn of cob every time, like, doesn't this seem like it's a, a vicious cycle one way or the other? <laughs> it does. It truly does. Wonder how many times there. No, I don't. I don't wonder anything. On that note, we're gonna close it out. We're gonna leave you on that image. That's the last. <laughs> thing. It's gonna echo. It'll be like an echo. It's the last thing you'll ever hear from us. <laughs> all right. Big thanks to No Illusions. Big thanks to Eli Bosnick. And big thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Robert, Colin, Jake, PivotalSolutionsConsulting.com, Jay Burley, Andrew, Jennifer, Stefan, Alethea, and Dave, whose extremely generous dicks and vaginas all donated their compliment this week to ModestNeeds.org, where people who are lucky enough to be financially comfortable can really help out some people who are having a rough time right now. It's a great cause. Check it out. ModestNeeds.org. Also, Alethea is an amazing fucking name. That's such yeah, a, awesome. a cool, cool name. name. Absolutely. So and whether or not I'll say you're it. feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, D&D Minus, and Citation Needed, available on Apple Music, Stitcher, all those other podcast apps, or the deep web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis Special thanks to Ryan Slonick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. Boil your toilet paper. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.